What's up, everyone? This is BJ from the Chew Crew, and I wanted to take a second to thank all of our loyal listeners. We would love it if you could take just a minute to review our podcast on iTunes. It'll really help us out. Also, don't forget we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Chew on This Pod, and you can also sponsor our little podcast for as little as a dollar per month on patreon.com forward slash Chew on This Podcast. And as usual, you can email us at chewonthispodcast at gmail.com. And now we are very proud to announce that we are on Spotify. So just search for Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast, and boom, there we are. So thanks again to all of you out there. And until next time, folks, chew on that. Chew on this, says WTF. Uh, we cannot say that exactly what that means out loud because of, it's a family show here today. Uh, but you guys get the gist of it. And this is where we kind of look at uh, some of your favorite movies and look at some scenes that where we're going, <clears throat> WTF, why do they do that? you want to go first? Uh, I can go first, yes. So first on the list I have, uh, so it's the 20-year anniversary of The Matrix. Such a great classic film, you know. We we just heard the other day that they're going to be doing a Matrix Four, which got us, has us very excited. But there's a lot of scenes in the Matrix where I was just like, I don't understand this. So there there's a part in the movie. You guys remember this? There's a part in the movie where uh, our heroes get stuck like in a wall. Oh, you know, yeah. They're in a wall and they're crawling down and they're trying to uh, get away from Agent Smith. <laughs> And uh, and then one of them sneezes and and uh, gives away their position and then you know the agent breaks through the wall and grabs Morpheus and captures him all that stuff. Well, my thing is, I do they have like um, I mean it's a computer program, right? Why can't they design a program that eliminates allergies? In Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that was allergies. I mean, that was just more of like getting dirt kicked in your the, face. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm like, can't you just like, can you per- like? I don't want to be sick in the Matrix. I don't want to have allergies. I don't want to. Well, that's the whole thing we were talking about with the Matrix before. Is that there's so many scenarios that doesn't come up in the Matrix, right? Like what? Because like everybody knows, everybody's seen the well more than everybody's seen the Matrix here, right? Everybody's seen it. Yeah, and we're gonna spoil so, movies if you haven't seen them. So that's- yeah, all these are gonna be spoiled. So. The thing about the Matrix is you never think about, you know, they use the people, you know, like, say we're in the Matrix right now, right? There's actually a guy plugged into the Matrix right now that's in a coma. So, like, <laughs> how does that work? You know, how did, does that person realize that they're in, in a, a coma? coma? In a coma? So it's like Inception in Matrix? Inception <laughs> coma. So there's, what, what's the other ones where you just grow up, like, they, the Matrix purposely makes, like, well, serial killers, right? Be, how bad do you have to be to be, like, a bum, you know, in an alley right. Matrix? <laughs> so imagine you're fake. That's, like, the worst game of The Sims. <laughs> like, what do you want to be? I don't want to have a mansion. I want to be a, I want to be a homeless person. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think today's Batman Day, isn't it? Today Batman it Day? It is. Right? 80 years. 80, 80 years. anniversary, yeah. What kind of nerds are you? You don't even know that. Uh, okay, so Batman Begins. Um, this is the first movie where you actually get to see how somebody like Bruce Wayne becomes 
Batman, why somebody would actually take the trouble and get the crap kicked out of you every night and fight crime, right? And throughout the beginning of that movie, they cut back and forth between you know him as a child and him training with the League of Shadows. And this whole time, the graduation happens, and you know Batman doesn't kill, or at least not on purpose in this version, <laughs> right? So, so the break happens when. If you watch that, I don't know, graduation scene, Yeah, uh, Bruce is supposed to kill that guy, right? The criminal. Was he a murderer or something? Or robbers? Oh, he yeah, killed yeah. Somebody? somebody. No, no, no. He, uh, I don't know, stole a cow or something? I don't, I don't know, know what it was. But he did something to want the League of Shadows to, you know, basically kill him off. Right. So Bruce does the heroic thing and say, like, you know what? I'm not going to kill this person. I don't kill. There's got to be another way. So what's the very next thing that he does? He uh, doesn't he hit the he burns the whole place down. He kills everybody in the League of Shadows <laughs> by not killing one person. He kills everybody. <laughs> so it was like weighing out, like okay, I could kill this one person or kill all the League of Shadows he's except just for like, one person. He's just like, let's have a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Let's talk this through. <laughs> it's like if you well. More like a buffet. If you're like, I'm going to buffet, and you're like, I'm only going to eat the salad bar. <laughs> and then you end up doing everything else that you weren't supposed to. <laughs> Even got the soft serve ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of the, uh, if you listen to our podcast, one of our, the movies we hate the most is like Spider-Man 3. And uh, I, I actually, I don't know, it was on Amazon Prime, and I, I don't know why, but I clicked on it. And just <laughs> it's like a train wreck. So I started watching it, and... Um, there's a part in it where the Sandman, where the guy becomes the Sandman, okay? Yeah. And he has this locket throughout the whole movie. He takes it everywhere with him. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how does he carry that everywhere with him? Like, wouldn't it just, like, seep right through his hand? If he loses concentration. Yeah, but there's a part in the movie where he, like, falls in the water in the sewer. And he, like, and he oh, right. just disperses all together. Did he have that at the end of the movie? He had the locket at the end of the movie. I was like, how did you carry that thing around? He doesn't have a utility belt. <laughs> so I completely forgot about that. I yeah, forgot about he, the, so at the very end of the movie, like you see in the beginning of the movie, they have that beautiful scene where he turns in the yeah, yeah. and he actually picks up the locket in his hand, and I think it seeps through his hand, and then the rest of, and then he like finally is able to, like you said, concentrate, and then he's able to hold that locket, but he has it the entire movie. Like through all the fights, through the water scene, all that stuff. He has that's it a lot all of concentration. The that's a lot of concentration. <laughs> He's like, let's put it. Let's just put it in the. The you know, only box. way that I could be equivalent to that is when I, f- I bought my first pair of Oakleys. Does everybody know what that's like? When you buy your first pair of expensive sunglasses, three hundred dollars sunglasses, yeah, and you are scared to death <laughs> that you're going to scratch them. It's like it's like a Fabergé egg. Yeah, like I, I was so. I actually returned my first pair of Oakleys Why? because I was stressing out about it so much. <laughs> <laughs> the Sandman returns the yeah. locket. He's like, you got to just take this, this back. I don't want this, this anymore. This is not a I'm going to lose it. <laughs> All right, so um, Jurassic Park. It's one of the classics. Everybody loves the classics. And, you know, this is the one that said it all. Uh, Jurassic World, the first one was okay, but it yeah. was really just Jurassic 1, 2, and 3 <laughs> uh, mixed into the same movie. Right. Um, so Jurassic Park. Now... Spielberg does this great thing throughout the beginning of the movie, building suspense. You really don't see the T-Rex at all 
until later on. And his entrance is very grand. You know, you have that that fake out in the beginning. It's it's almost like um, it's like how he introduced Jaws. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and, you don't uh, see the T Rex. Yeah, till you, don't, later. you don't see the yeah, you don't see the fish till later. So you know, you got the goat in the beginning. Nothing happens with the goat. It's supposed to be funny, and then you know, of course, it starts raining, and you know. Obviously, when it's raining, nothing happy happens in movies, right? <laughs> so uh, that's when you see the goat leg, like, you know, famously drop up on the Jeep. And Timmy and what is her I, name? I don't remember her name, but his sister. Right. I hate her. So, <laughs> so the T-Rex comes out, you know, in this dramatic, like, beautiful wide shot between the two cars and is about to attack like ignores the front jeep where Timmy and his sister are and is about to attack Malcolm and Grant's car. Dr. Grant, right? right? right. That's what they were going to do. So what does Timmy's sister do for no reason whatsoever? She turns on the flashlight <laughs> to alert the T-Rex that somebody is in this front jeep. Right? And the best part is she does not know how to turn off a flashlight. Like just hit the same button you did when right. you turned it on. Because this is the same person at the end of the movie that is able to hack a computer system <laughs> and through a Linux system. Right. Right. She's like, I, I know Linux, before. but you don't know how to turn off a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> so and all they had to do really is just flip it over and well, push I mean, like, it to like the all flashlights. It's the same button you hit to the turn. Button. Yeah, to, it's the same thing. There's no code. There's no different way to turn off a flash. Like if it's one of those ones where you twist, right. you just twist it the opposite way. You know, if it's a button, you push the button again. All flashlights work the same, exactly the same. Right. So I don't know how she can't turn off a flashlight or. But knows how to hack a brand new security system that she's a, never seen before of a park that has dinosaurs in it. <laughs> that you would think the security system was really, really Intricate. well done. But nope, the the girl with, that can't turn off a flashlight can hack it. <laughs> um, any Harry Potter fans well, out let's there? Out, let's give out something. Oh, you want to give it up? Something? Yeah. Okay, we can do that. You want to you take the first one? Off sure. Instagram, off of Instagram. We'll do Instagram. Okay, I'll do Instagram. Uh, Adrian K. Is there an Adrian K? All right, sweet. Uh, just pick. Oh. Um, dropping everything. You get a, I don't know what this is. Overwatch. Overwatch figure. There you go. <laughs> we would have thought the price tag, so it didn't devalue it. <laughs> I was like, dude, there's still a price <laughs> You can't take it back now. <laughs> you don't know where I got it. Um, Harry Potter fans. Any Harry Potter fans? Harry, Harry, Harry Potter fans. Harry Potter fans. Okay. So uh, the second movie, uh, or the second book, second movie, is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And uh, they stress throughout that entire movie that they know the Chamber of Secrets exists, but they have no, absolutely no idea where it is. And they go through this whole intricate process to actually find, eventually find the Chamber of Secrets, but Dumbledore's bird just flies down a hole and and rescues the kids. So, <laughs> so... For 50 years, they could not find this giant hole in the backyard. This giant hole in the backyard. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's not very secretive when you have a huge crevice in the backyard of your house. We need some, let's let's make a lock 
that you can only open with some like dead language, right? right? But leave the back door open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's go back into the eighties. I got who has seen Commando? Oh my gosh. Has anybody ever seen Commando except this gentleman right here? Oh, and this, this is just for this you. Is, this is really going to suck. <laughs> All right, so let me try to describe this for you. It's an 80s movie. It's peak, almost peak uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's in after, this one... It's after the Terminator, right? It's after the yes, Terminator but this out. is where he actually has a speaking role, kind of. <laughs> so he gets the same more yeah. than 17 lines? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the movie premise is that he's this elite commando, right? Or Navy SEAL or something like that. And he's retired with his, um, with his daughter up in the mountains somewhere. He's like... Arnold Schwarzenegger is gigantic. He's huge. Like the first time you see him in that movie, I think he's carrying a freaking tree. He's carrying a tree. Yeah, he's yeah. Like carrying a tree to prove how strong he is, right? So fast forward to the villain who is part of his elite commando team. The guy that he's the most afraid of, or that everybody else is afraid of, is this Australian guy. Now, if you haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure you guys have smartphones, right? So what I want you to do while I'm setting this up is look up Commando, and then the bad guy in it, his name is... Uh, oh, God, Bennett. Bennett. Are you sure it's like Bennett? That? I think it's like, isn't it Bennett? No, I don't think so. Like Commander Bennett? You would think I would have prepared know. for that. I don't know. Anyway, it's the final battle in Commando. Oh, yeah, it is final Bennett. Final fight. Yeah, it is Bennett. It is Bennett. Yeah. So look up Bennett Commando, right? So that's what that guy looks like. Who has it up on their screen? You got it? So remember, this is peak. This isn't Governor Schwarzenegger. This is, I can still break you with my forearm, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And this is the guy that we're supposed to believe. Now, I saw this as a kid, and I remember how scared I was because the guy was basically wearing, like, uh, a metal, you know, he looked like he belonged on, like, an MTV right. music video. The vest, so, of course, vest. like, that was meant to be, like, I'm a badass, right? Right. But I never paid attention to his shape or how the disparity between the two right. were. Because if you, again, if you're looking... <laughs> There is no way that guy ever beats Arnold Schwarzenegger in a fight. There's just no way that that ever happens. But I remember as a kid being so afraid when he finally fought. There's this one hilarious scene where, where I think they're doing like a power struggle thing, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and Schwarzenegger's got these like tan, like just cantaloupes in his arms, right? Bates and then, and, and he's struggling. He's doing a really good... That's how I know Schwarzenegger can act because he's acting like he's struggling against this guy, right? And the other guy, the white... He's, he doesn't have a tan at all. Not at all. And he has like no muscle structure in his arms. And he's just Jiggling. He looks like yeah. He looks like a nine-year-old trying to do a pull-up, right? And he's and he's struggling. And at one point, he's actually winning. It's like that's oh, you know what it's like. It's like Saturday morning, Saturday morning WWF old school wrestling when Hulk Hogan would fight like Joe Smith, and you were actually afraid that Hogan might lose to this guy in the middle of the fight. <laughs> So that, it's not even the fact that he takes out 400 guys is the most unbelievable part of that movie. The most unbelievable part of that movie is that guy standing toe to toe. Yeah, I, I believe that Arnold Schwarzenegger could take out 400 guys more than that guy, like, being the same, being the same strength. 
Yeah, I gotta watch that movie again. That, there's all sorts of really silly moments in that movie. Um, so another Schwarzenegger movie, one of my favorites, is uh, The Running Man, and that came out like in the late '80s. Um, classic Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, he's basically um, uh, he's framed and then he's captured and thrown into prison where he escapes, only only to be captured again and then thrown on a TV show where he's got to go up against these stalkers. You know, they throw the stalkers in there to kill the convicts. But if the convicts win, they get to leave the game and they have this life of luxury. Of course, the game lies. You know, whoever wins, they don't. They just kill them in there. Where, but the audience doesn't know that. So <clears throat> here's the problem I actually have with the movie is that Arnold already escaped one prison before, and that's because one of his friends is a hacker, like hacks the the, the collar around right. his neck, right? So what does the game do? They throw the hacker in with Arnold in the game. Right. Only so as an audience member, I'm like, well, wait a minute, that guy's just going to hack everything in that game and get Arnold out of that situation again. Because you think like, I don't think Arnold knows how to use the computer. Right. Like, I don't think like he's like strong. I don't think he could. If someone put a gun to his head and says like, type in this program, you wouldn't be able to do it. It's like uh, putting in like this elaborate like aqua trap, like this water trap, and you do it to like Aquaman. <laughs> Exactly. You know, and not like somebody who can't swim. <laughs> and so, they were shocked that he escaped. Right. They were shocked that he escaped. And it's because, again, his friend hacked the computer and gave him the code in order to escape the place. I never thought about that. Because every time the hacker says, oh, we, all we need to do is put the code in and we can escape this place, Arnold's like, go for it, man. That's I don't like, know what you're uh, talking about, but go ahead, do it. <laughs> well, that's like almost every episode of Arrow. <laughs> Right? You guys watch Arrow? Yeah, I know you guys do. Mr. Terrific? Well, that's not it. It's it's like Felicity. Like, all first, when she was showed up to the show, they could retcon it because, you know, they never established who she really was, but she was just working in, like, uh, Queen Security or something like that. Something like she that, was a yeah. secretary or something? Where was she working? <laughs> Queen to the technology. Queen to the tech support. Tech support. There so you go. So it goes from tech support to be able to hack. It goes from let me help Argus. you with, uh, with Windows to like let me <laughs> let me hack the government. Like the person that's working at, the person that's, you know, fixing your Wi-Fi can hack the FBI. Right. That doesn't make, that doesn't work for me. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Is it my turn? Yeah. All right, let's go. Um, through these. Are we? What time is it? Oh, did we just do two? Let's give away something else. Okay, we're going to give away something else. Uh, so those of you that just uh, stopped in, if you go on our social media, on Instagram or Twitter, uh, find us on Chew on This Pod and follow us, or go to Facebook and type in Chew on This Podcast, uh, and you can follow us there, and we're going to pick... We've been doing some winners, so... We've been doing Facebook and Instagram all day. Let's yeah. go Twitter. Go to Twitter. Uh, at Virginia Janato. Oh, there you go. Boom. Oh. Let's see. You get... This is Finn from Jakku. I haven't seen one of these in a really long time. There you go. Oops. I'm sorry. <laughs> Give it back. You're going to end up ruining the box one time. <laughs> yeah. It's already lost value just now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, this one is a family film. So 
This one is a uh, staple in my house when I'm, you know, doing holiday uh, traditions. So there's certain movies that I watch every holiday: Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, Elf, <coughs> Elf, and then you know, finally the Home Alone movies, right? Home and Alone. I think I had this tradition going on for at least five to six years before I realized this. So in Home Alone Two. It's in New York, but it follows the same premise, right? Now they're called the Sticky Bandits. There's a maze of traps that Kevin gets away. But actually, he gets caught this time, right? <coughs> he gets caught by them, and they are going to kill him at Central Park. Now, why that's important is because, you know, that's right in front of that major, gorgeous Plaza Hotel. It's like one of the most famous hotels in New York. <coughs> and Kevin is living there um, by, you know, he has his... Parents, credit, uh, card. Dad's credit card, right? So anyway, so why I bring that up is because that you can overlook Central Park. So as he's about to get shot, the I guess one of the traps was like oil or something, and he yeah. can't he can't shoot the the gun, and then who comes and saves Kevin at the last minute? The pigeon lady. <laughs> You're laughing, but that's actually the, her name in the credits. Is yeah, the pigeon, pigeon lady. lady. They yeah. don't even give her a name. She is that. She is so. Integral, integral. Yeah. She's so important <laughs> in that abadi, abadi, abadi. in the in the movie to save the main character, and they can't even give her a first name. <laughs> but that's not the part that bothers me. So after she saves him, you know, uh, saves him and catches the bad guys, she doesn't get a reward from the cops or anything. That's one. <laughs> but later on, you know. Kevin wakes up to on Christmas Day thinking they're not going to have any gifts because uh, you know they're away from home. But it's loaded with gifts. The Plaza Hotel, the living room area is just loaded with gifts because the robbery that they stopped was that big giant toy store, and right. the, the president or the CEO or owner knew who it was. So they tell that story about the doves, right? About like how there's two of them, and you give one to the other person so you never forget them, right? So. At the end of, or in the middle of that scene where they're trying to open presents and they're getting ready to, uh, you know, probably have like the best breakfast Christmas ever. Yeah, breakfast the best ever. Christmas breakfast ever in this giant, nice, warm hotel. Kevin sees the pigeon lady from his window feeding pigeons. Drive it really home. So uh, he goes out there and has this warm moment, thanks her, and has this touching moment where he gives her the other dove and says, it's so I'll never forget you, right? And then the movie ends with him getting in trouble for the, for the big thing, because he's about to take off anyway. The thing that bothers me is that this moment is supposed to show how great and warm and how nice of a kid Kevin actually is, right? But he is so not. <laughs> there, there, it's Christmas. He's in the Plaza Hotel with like 50 million gifts, about to eat a giant warm breakfast, all for free because he saved the toy, the toy store. Looks out to see a homeless lady, and he doesn't think, hey, thanks for saving my butt. <laughs> Come to the hotel and have some food. Here's a plastic dove for a Christmas tree that you don't have in a house that you don't have. Pigeon lady. <laughs> so there. That's my problem with that because Kevin is so freaking oblivious to the fact that she's homeless. It's like, it's like, oh, you must be rich because you live above an opera house. <laughs> 
here's, here's an ornament. Oh, you don't have a tree? Oh, no. I'm so well, sorry. it's getting really cold. I'm going to go back in. Yeah. <laughs> really cold outside. And I'm really hungry. And I haven't eaten anything yet, so I'll talk to you later. I haven't got to open any presents yet. I'll, I'll say bye outside. before I leave in my limo to go to the hotel. I mean, for the plane. I'll wave at you from the window. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Back to the Future. Oh, this is really pretty 80s heavy. So, Back to the Future, one of my all-time favorite movies, practically flawless movie, but whenever you're dealing with time travel, there's always issues. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, the latest one was Endgame. There's a lot of issues with that. But Back to the Future, so Marty goes back in time. You guys know the story. He goes back in time, and he inadvertently meets both his mom and dad, and he spends like a week there, and he gets to know both of them. And uh, at the end of the movie, you know, the, the, his mom and dad get together and, and he saves the day and all that stuff. Um, and he's about to leave and they're like, oh, like, you know, he's like, hey, when, you know, when you have a kid and he's eight years old, you know, go easy on him when he burn, tries to burn the house down or something like that. And then he leaves and they're both like, oh, like, oh, Marty, that's such a great name for a kid or whatever. And he leaves. Well, my problem is, like, when Marty goes back to the future, how come none of his parents recognize him? <laughs> because he's growing up? Because as he's growing up, they're like, the father should look at his son and go, that guy looks like the guy that you went on a date with at the back party back then. So you cheated on me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While but, I was writing this book. <laughs> what's worse is Marty is the youngest of the kids, so at some point, she must have said, like, hey, yeah, it wasn't the first child. Right. It was the third it was child. The third child. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going out of town with you know on a girl's weekend. Yeah. And he's pregnant with Marty. Because like for her too, like that's gotta freak her out too. At a certain point when he's in at his age at high school, she, she's gotta remember she's like, gotta remember that's that the guy. last guy that she dated before right. she got Everybody married. remembers. I mean, who doesn't remember their first boyfriend and girlfriend? <laughs> Now imagine you remember your first boyfriend and girlfriend, and then you have a kid that looks identical to, God. to the guy that you dated. That would explain in the other uni- the other like Back to the Future universe why she drinks so much. In that version, it's not because the father's a loser; it's because she remembers that Marty looks like this guy. She's like, "Oh man, <laughs> what did I do?" Yeah, that's why she's drinking vodka straight up. <laughs> Uh, I actually had another Batman Begins one. Nice. So, um, yeah, okay. I'm trying to figure out whether or not this is going to get me in trouble. Um, there are very, there's a couple of heroes in you know the comic book world and, and comic movies that really pride themselves on covering their identity, making sure that nobody knows who they are. Batman's one of them. Right, more so than anybody else, because let's face it, Superman's glasses and Wonder Woman just changes. Right, right. so, but the second one is probably Spider-Man too. Yep. Is the, those two are the ones that want to hide their identity the most? <laughs> now, this has nothing to do with the plot hole. It has something to do with the casting director. Okay. So you again, Batman begins sets up. You see how he, you know, makes the cowl. You know how he gets the suit out of the cape, the Batmobile, all that stuff. You get all that, right? Just to hide who he is, so he's not driving like his Porsche to go fight crime, right? So people recognize him. <laughs> so, but the problem is, is that 
Christian Bale has a lisp. <laughs> and, and there's not a lot of rich people in Gotham that have that a lisp that could afford this crap. <laughs> so right off the bat, they, somebody should have been like, Bruce? Because <laughs> like, that gives it away. I feel like that gives it away. Well, especially if like if they call him all the time on the phone and that's right. all they hear is the voice. Like if he's waking up early in the morning, he sounds like the Batman voice, right? <laughs> like if you wake him up. <laughs> it's like, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> and then later meets him in the alleyway and he's like, hello. I mean, picture Bruce? like, does, does everybody, everybody watch football or people, do you guys know who Michael Strahan is? Okay, so Michael Strahan's most unique feature is what? The gap in the teeth, right? Now picture somebody that is a superhero, his size, with that gap in the tooth, but he has his face covered. You're telling me you're not going to know that's Michael Strahan. <laughs> right? That's such a unique thing. But, but that's that's the same argument when we watch Arrow. When we watch Arrow, yeah. and Diggle will uh, change it. <laughs> Diggle will put on... Um, uh, a lot of people watch Arrow, right? So remember when, when uh, Diggle... <laughs> Was, took over Green Arrow, and people were like, it's the same Arrow. And I'm like, how? The dude's like six foot seven of pure awesome blackness, and he has sleeveless arms. Like, it's sleeveless, so you can clearly see he's no longer white. Right? And, and Diggle is so much taller and bigger. He's like a freaking yeah, like, bodybuilder. He's like a fat man in a little coat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he didn't stretch that out. You don't, they, don't sound the same. they don't sound the same. They're not the same height. They're not the same color. There is nothing. It's like whirly wraps. It's like, I think it was Arrow, but it looked like he was wearing a long sleeve black shirt. <laughs> and when did he get ripped? Yeah, he got a lot bigger and taller. <laughs> And his aim is that good. <laughs> oh, and he's using a, a gun arrow now. <laughs> gun arrow. Um, so, Solo came out last year. And we have, like, these preconceived notions of Han Solo, especially our age, because, well, especially me, because I saw Star Wars when I was four. And so I've been sitting with that character for 40 years. And then they come out with, you know, young Solo, which I never thought was going to be that good because there's nothing that they could do that I've already haven't done in my head where I thought it was better. And of course, when they made the movie, I was like, yeah, I'm right. I, what I thought was better, but they decided that, um, you know, the way that they were going to introduce Chewbacca was completely different than what, you know, I, I read about when I was a kid. So Han, like he grew up in the streets of Karelia, like an orphan. And that's like a big city and all that stuff. Um, you know, he roam in the streets. He's like, you know, stealing things and all that stuff. Well, then he meets Chewbacca on a completely different planet. And of course, Chewbacca wants to eat him and he speaks a Wookiee language all of a sudden. <laughs> Where did he learn that? Where do they have like like a Rosetta Stone, like Wookie on a Rosetta Stone? Well, this, this this movie kind of had a problem about Wookie for Dummies, <laughs> where the movie is about Han Solo and he's known for being a great pilot, and they don't right. show him flying anything till now. When 
in the movie? Well, I mean, when they did the... He doesn't uh, fly anything until No, he doesn't. End. He doesn't. That's the same problem... kind of like with Luke. That's the same problem with Anakin, too. They keep saying he's such an amazing pilot, he was the best pilot in the galaxy, but you never really get to see that. Well, like Luke, because he basically drives the equivalent of a car, and then they let him fly a jet fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so, figure that one out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's the same reason why um, Gandalf doesn't let people use his eagles. <laughs> it's that it's that really expensive car. He's like, I don't want you to use this, but I don't know for whatever reason, Chewbacca's like, all right, you're getting old. <laughs> Apparently, in the script, you die. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, everybody saw The Force Awakens, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Spoiled. <laughs> Han shoots the yeah, it's monster. You're still stuck on the Diggle thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing, isn't it? <laughs> right. Well, that's the same thing as Mr. Terrific, right? So, like, the most, un- like, the most unbelievable thing is him getting his hair like that before in, battle in, in like five in, minutes in enough time for him, for the other guys just to get dressed I know for a fact that is like a four or five hour process <laughs> so the most unbelievable thing is not those flying balls that he has is the fact that he gets his hair done on time to be able to fight and he just crime. spray paints like a T over his face instead of like make a piece of cloth or something like that that show is so <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> and then there's like that scene where he's he's like I got it there's like that intricate thing oh yeah he's like this. I got it because I was like, a Catholic. Yeah, I was a decathlete. I got it. I know how to play in landmines now. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if I could talk about this one, but I'm going to anyway. So, who saw the remake of The Lion King? Did you guys like it? No, you didn't see it? You didn't like it? Did you think it was gorgeous? No? <laughs> I don't know if I can talk about this. Go ahead. <laughs> so I, I thought I saw it on IMAX here in uh, Sacramento, and it was go- it was a gorgeous movie. Like you, you could see how much detail they put into every hair. Dust is something really difficult to animate. That's fake. I mean, there was no real shots except for one. I think in the entire movie, everything was fake. There were no real sets. There was no wood. There was no sand. Everything was CG'd. And everything looked gorgeous, except it's the same problem with Jurassic Park. Now, who has seen the second Jurassic Park with Jeff Goldblum, right, as a main character? So there's that scene where all the uh, those people from Gen GenTech or whatever the uh, whatever the company Gen, is, Genicon, Gen something, they're trying to get the dinosaurs right. And you see this; it's a it's a really great shot, except for this one that I can't ever look away from, which is where they're following the motorcycle in between the Brachiosaurus's legs, right, right, right. but right under the tail. <laughs> it's like it's like Ken doll, right? Like underneath, it's like Ken doll. And I was like, oh man. Is that really what dinosaurs look like? Because that was the most realistic-looking dinosaur you've ever seen, right? You, even, like, the, the, the documentaries or, or Discovery Channel, it's not that good-looking. So you think, like, oh, my God, they went full real. This looks just like a real T-Rex. This looks just like a Brachiosaurus. But there's no stuff. There's no parts? Yeah, it's, like I said, like a Ken doll, you know? No hanging fruit? There's no codpiece. <laughs> right? So... 
Anyway, there's a scene in The Lion King. Let's take it back to my original point. There's a scene in The Lion King where they're singing the song and on IMAX now, which is about the size of this, this wall. No, hold right? on a second. I, I pictured you like staring up at that IMAX. Yeah. Going, like, so there's a scene really where looking? I think they're still singing the song and all three of them are laying down. Uh, Simba, Timon. Nala, Timon. No, yeah. And Pumbaa. And, and Simba's like full spread eagle to the camera because that's how they animated it the first one and I'm looking at this and I'm like oh my god look how real all this looks and I can't help it because like the fur is really white so it stands out it's like if you whited out something on like a black construction paper you would definitely see that part right so I look because how can I not it's IMAX I can't look anywhere else but that and I now I can't stop thinking that the, the 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 lions in the Lion King are the same species as the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park <laughs> because they have nothing down below. <laughs> I just, I mean, if you've ever seen a National Geographic film, they're hard to miss. They're really big. That's uh, if anybody has actually seen National Geographic you stuff. Just ruined. So that's education so right there. Yeah. Nobody's going to watch now, everyone's Everybody's gonna go actually going to watch it because not a lot of people watched it. I want to see this. <laughs> now they're like, I want to see it. I don't, want, I don't have to see it. I need to see this. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I don't know why I'm on a Spider Man 3 kick, but there's something. probably give us something else, right? So, damn it. I always do that too. I know you do. Okay. All right, we need okay. it in. Okay, is it my turn? Uh, I think it's my turn, actually. Okay. Uh, I think you did the last one. All right. Uh, okay. Matt Evans? Matt, all right, sweet. This is uh, Battlefront for PS4. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Sweet. You only have a switch, don't you? <laughs> he didn't seem that excited. Either that or he knows the game's not that good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he's like, oh, great. Microtransactions, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> Is it your turn or what? No, it's your uh, turn. It's my turn. So I'm in a Spider-Man 3 kick, and because, I again, I watched this movie, and <laughs> at the very end of the movie, spoilers, um, Harry, Harry gets, like, really hurt like badly by uh uh by venom bats. no is a venom well venom yeah, shoves bat, like at a, this point's like bad spider-man well something like that because like he <laughs> peter parker well because harry jumps in front of the spikes and gets stabbed and saves uh spider-man oh, yeah, yeah, yeah so he gets i mean and he's mortally injured basically the same way his dad died like yeah badly right and uh so spider-man finally defeats venom kills him whatever and then next thing you know you see the sandman standing there and they have this long like five to ten minute conversation and I'm thinking to myself your friends are over here dying and you're having this conversation with the bad guy with the bad guy with basically your- he's like I'm sorry I killed Uncle Ben and he's just like it's okay man like it's, it's all good have a good oh can I hold that locket for you <laughs> never mind okay we'll see you later in the meantime but, your best friend over here is bleeding out dying well also also that they've already established that every single news crew in New York is down below <laughs> and you pull your mask off and have a cry session oh yeah he does he does <laughs> take his mask off yeah he's starts crying again like right. every movie he Ugly cries cry. and takes his mask yeah, I think he does it three times in that movie probably Tell I think that's when Mary Jane breaks up with him he cries on the bridge oh that's right 
That's right. <laughs> but he doesn't do it in like Spider-Man outfit. No, he doesn't cry under the mask. He's got to take it off and show yeah. you that the, the tears guess, like, and all that stuff. Like wearing wet jeans, I guess. <laughs> but see, he might have had enough time to save him. Instead, he like had to have a conversation with with the Sandman. Well, I think it was pretty much done. <laughs> He's dead. I look like it hurt. <laughs> I don't know, man. Tony Stark got stabbed by. Uh, they never like talked about that anymore. But Thanos like. Well, no, it, I don't know. He uh, just sprays it. Yeah, but like uh, it's uh, what's her face that says him on the ch- oh on the nebula. Ship. Yeah, she. Right. They, they talk about that a little bit okay. um, early on. I don't know. He should have died. All right. All right, so Star Wars. I don't know how this one's going to go. So it's got one of the best, like, iconic opening scenes, right? It's um, it's just, you know, the 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 Carillion. Is it Carillion? No, it's Coruscant. C- Coruscant. The, the, uh, Are you talking the, about Revenge of the Sith? No, no, I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about A New Hope. In the opening. Oh. It's the Leia's ship. Oh, yeah, right? uh, the Star Tantive Sword. Four. Yeah, the Tantive yeah. Four. So, Corvette. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are now bothersome to us because of Rogue One. Because everybody's lying to Vader, even though Vader just (laughs) killed half of his friends and saw him, you know, hand off the plans because that was the last person that Vader kills. So Vader knows that the plans are on the ship, right? So... Family Guy did this great take on it where they were like, you know, now the plans are in the... In the, uh, the skate pod, oh, skate pod, right? right? And they're like, "Don't shoot! What are we like running out of shortage on laser beams?" Type of a joke. It's a really great joke because there's no reason in a, in a in a galaxy far, far away where sentient robots exist, they just only check for <laughs> biological life forms, right? Right. So they let that go, and that was really funny and family guy. Well, I watched it recently for uh, another podcast that we did, but what I forgot to mention on that was that. If Vader had known that the plans were on that ship, why even board the ship and just blow the whole thing up? Right. Right? It would have he knew it was there, that's it, over, done. Because they never left this like the, the level of how far they were away wasn't really that far. No, and they were jamming their signals and stuff too. They wouldn't have been able to send the plans off anywhere. So when you see that escape pod, it's like, oh, shoot that too. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, sir, we have robots. Nah, that's okay. No, that's okay. Just shoot that thing. But <laughs> I, okay. I think like it because of Rogue One, it ruins that opening. It does a little bit. All the movies have Well, especially since Leia, Leia says, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And he should have been like, you liar! I just saw you leave! <laughs> yeah. I just killed half of your Men, I know. I'm on a diplomatic mission. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, you're not. You were just over Maybe that there's planet. another Corvette that looks just like mine. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, no. See that guy right there? That's the guy who ran away from me. <laughs> Bill, I see you. So, um, in Solo, uh, there, this is one of the biggest things that also that bothered me was that there's this really elaborate uh, set piece on this planet where they got to go steal this coaxium which is like, what, hyperdrive fuel or something like that? So the the idea is they have to go to this planet and go, get on this train and detach the cars and then fly off with it. And the scene looks cool, and I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to emulate the, what, the Great Train Robbery or some of those really, right. really good uh, westerns. But this is Star Wars, man. There's, like, ships that fly. Like, why are there trains on a planet? I think that's they figured out what's the most illogical thing to use in this scene so that we can have a giant chase scene 
<laughs> but, but to I kill mean, off uh, her, I forget her name. But, in the movie. but they know it, it's like that Seinfeld joke. You know, the the uh, the Chinese people know that there are forks. Yet they keep <laughs> continue to use <laughs> right, sticks. Right, right. So they have ships. Yeah, they could fly the stuff to the place. Well, not only but that, they're but like, even, let's put it on a train so right. we get robbed. <laughs> well, they the plan wasn't probably the best plan either. The, the plan didn't make sense either because they all died. Well, most of them died anyway. Wait, how many did die? Uh, uh, Val and uh, and the pilot and that that forearm dude, oh, okay. Rio, or I think his name was John Favreau died. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Your money you don't even know. Out, let's give out something okay. else. Um, we'll give out the little uh, that thing. Facebook. We're gonna do Facebook. Facebook. Okay. All right. You haven't used your Twitter? I know, right? Who uses Twitter? I don't use Twitter. All right. I know. I think I use Instagram more than anything else. Here, you pick out of these three. Out of which three? What? The top three. I oh, the top. Okay. Uh, Trisha Leonhard? Oh, that's you. Oh, my eyes. I can only, I can read barely. No, that's the last thing. Oh, this is the last yeah, we thing. Oh, okay. Oh, you get the you get something really cool. They don't make these anymore. Isn't that cool? That is awesome. Because this is a very Star Wars heavy show, so. All right, well, I think we have to end it, so. Okay, well, I'm going to do one more. I'm going to do one more, and then we'll send you guys out into the night, okay? So, uh, again, this is another Star Wars one. I'll say, we all know that when the Jedi are ready to die, that they disappear and they leave behind all their possessions, okay? So we know, we saw Yoda pass away, and uh, he left Obi-Wan. He left, his, uh, he left his cane behind, and you know, and his cloak. Obi-Wan passes away, and he leaves his cloak and his lightsaber behind. Well, Luke, in The Last Jedi, he disappears, and all I kept thinking about is how come his metal arm doesn't just go clink, 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 <laughs> down the hill? <laughs> I think uh, I think that's probably a cut scene. Right. Since it is like a, we Disney, deleted it out. a Disney movie. Yeah. I don't think they could do that. It's like that, just that gorgeous shot. It's just this metal arm. So part. that, thinking for, you know, the rise of Skywalker, is he going to have his hand back? Oh, as, as a, ghost? a horse ghost? Yeah. He or would you imagine a fake robot hand? He would have his normal hand because the way the Jedi, they, like, go, they go back to when they became the this, Force. This, oh, no, wait. He won't this have is his like arm. A, this he won't is like, have his uh, like a football player who played for two teams and you're trying to figure out with or without the hand, like which team <laughs> they go into Canton with. Does he go with a robot hand or the, can he switch back and forth? I think there's just to be a stump, like a Force goes stump. Oh, and that's, that's it. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Oh, 
That's a very good question. I never uh, thought about it. I think you should email JJ. <laughs> 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 and the thing is, is like Kylo Ren is almost like Jason from like Friday the Thirteenth because the Ray and Finn are so far ahead of him, running to their ship, and Kylo just shows up in front of him, and I'm like, wow, that is, <laughs> like, a, fr- that is a Friday the Thirteenth. That's a Friday the Thirteenth thing where Jason's lumbering through the forest and the kids are running so fast, and then they just come upon him and he kills him. <laughs> I'm like, Wait yeah, but they probably never showed the part where they're running around in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it always happens. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming out. That was Chew on This, says WTF at Wizard World 2019. I'm BJ. Rick. Until next time, folks, chew on that. Later.